0: hey everybody i'm coming in tonight with another episode i was just sitting thinking to myself um i wanted to get a little bit more into potential versus reality because that's kind of where i am right now just really pushing for more of what's real instead of what has the potential and so i wanted to talk a little bit about that and i hope everyone's doing well we're at the end of october halloween is what next week um and we'll be Starting November, you know, this is the last, it'll be the last two months of the year. And um, this year went by very quick. I mean, it's like we started and then, boom, this just went by so quick. Um, Just a little recap. We started the year in January. Um, We had our coup um, that happened at the Capitol January 6th. We were still dealing with covid We had the development of the vaccines and the um, FDA approval. I don't even know if they had FDA approval. They started rolling all that stuff out. But, child, they started um, shooting people up with Pfizer, Moderna, and um, Johnson & Johnson. There were issues with Johnson & Johnson causing clots with some people. And they stopped the usage of Johnson & Johnson. But Pfizer and Moderna has still rolled on. Uh, Now we're in the phase of where people may need boosters. People started getting back on the road, traveling again, going to events again. Sports events are back on. Homecoming season is back and a lot of HBCUs. Sorry. And a lot of schools have started back with homecoming. Um, My kids started cheer. So we did cheer. Um, Saturdays were given to cheer. games, Um, So it was busy. Um, We're now the end of the nine weeks for the girls. And like I said, getting into the last two months of the year, it has flown by. It just seems like just yesterday we were getting a change in the presidency. The coup was happening. There's a lot of other things um, going on with COVID and stimulus checks and PPP loans that people were just not supposed to be getting all kind of things were happening at the top of the year within the first I would say four or five months of the year it was like whoa this is life like we thought 2020 was something 2021 came in crazy so yeah so it's been a heck of a ride for a lot of us for a lot of us um it's been a lot of deaths due to COVID we still have deaths Due to violence of, you know, could be racial injustice or just white on white, black on black, just domestic violence. We have people um, that have struggled through 2020 and 2021 have taken their lives. Um, We have seen so many losses, accidents, whatnot. I've seen so many in the past. I would say two weeks, um, you know, people with loved ones being, you know, killed due to an accident um, accidental overdoses it's just been a lot in this past year the last you know I would say six months of the year have been very much so it's been busy but it's been a lot going on so much that I know for me I haven't even wanted to watch the news I'll just kind of tune things out because it's been so much going on and it just brings me to the point where I am right now, where I'm like, you know, kind of like in a standstill um, with my life, just trying to figure out what it is I really want to do because things just seem to be so weird now. It just seems like it's it's kind of weird. Like when 2020 came in, I was very optimistic, 2020 vision, just so optimistic about what the year was going to bring and then boom, COVID. Um, and then this year... I felt the same way, but I started my clinicals for the FNP program and was finishing up. And then I had some issues with one of my preceptor sites um, because the Delta variant just kicked right on back up and kicked us right on back in the butt. And so they weren't accepting students and it was just a big mess. So it was just, yeah, it just seems like everything's just kind of weird and wonky not even just with work. It's just everything. I'm just kind of like, I love seeing love. I love, of course, seeing black love. Um, but I hate seeing divorce. I've seen too many divorces recently. Um, I've seen people just out here just doing stuff and it just kind of like makes me, just makes me cringe. You know, it's just like, is this life? Is this what we're really doing out here now? (laughs) And so I wanted to talk a little bit more about potential versus reality. Um, I really would love to live in full reality of peace, of clarity, of joy, um, to have the love that I desire, the respect that I desire. I would love to have the fullness financially, the fullness, you know, spiritually, physically and emotionally. I would love to experience all the abundance and the fullness of my life. And I feel like that is a potential. I feel like it's something that can be done, but it's not a reality. And so I am going back and forth with why is this not a reality yet? Like, why am I not experiencing this? And I came across this guy who was talking about imposter syndrome. And was talking about it. And sometimes you can experience different things going through depression or anxiety. And I took a quiz on it. And of course, I have a high risk of imposter syndrome and depression. And um, I knew that because when I looked at the question, I was like, wow, this is definitely me. And um, it is more so because a lot of times I push myself based on the potential. And not on the reality, and I don't look at the reality, and so, like, let me, let me see if I can break it down. I've been an RN for eighteen years, and in eighteen years that I've been a registered nurse, I've been an assistant nurse manager. I've been a clinical coordinator, case manager. I've been um, a clinical. Um, oh goodness, I've um, been a clinical liaison for a USC. I have um done travel nursing. I work critical care. I'm trying to think of all the areas I work, because I work everywhere. I've been a float nurse. Um I work pretty much everywhere, everywhere there is to work in healthcare. Um I work long term care. I work, you know, like I said, different levels of care within the hospital. I've gotten a great amount of experience. I had the opportunity to teach a CNA class for Midlands Tech, I've been afforded a lot of opportunities, and I feel like my experience speaks for itself, but I also felt like the foundation was a little shaky in that I just never really found one thing that I like. I like everything. It's kind of odd. Like I like being able to do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. Like, I know how to do utilization review and audit charts because I did that on my last job. But I've also felt like with all the experience and all the things and skills that I built, you know, I a lot of times feel inadequate. A lot of times I feel very inadequate and I feel like, who is this girl? Like, am I doing enough? Am I where I'm supposed to be? I'm far behind because when I look at my career, it just seems like I should be 10 times further. Like I should be a director of nursing. I should be, um, a CNO or, you know what I'm saying? Or a manager or something. And I have the experience and I had the background to do it, but I just, it's not what I want to do. And so I feel like I'm in a slump. I feel like, okay, so, am I really working at my true potential if I don't want to do management and do this, this, and that? And I thought about it today is that it's because it's certain things I want to do in healthcare, but not others. And healthcare management was one of those things where I'm not 100% on that because I feel like I have my whole feel about healthcare and the bureaucracy of, you know, um, having certain positions that your hands are tied, if you're not the CEO or CFO, your hands are tied, and so I felt like, you know, if I can't truly make a difference the way I would love to, and like to, I um I don't want to do it, and I want to work for an organization that understands that, like, I'm here to be a transformational leader, not just somebody that's just there to go along with the flow, you know, and just, oh, well, that's what they said, And just leave my staff out there to burn and sink, you know. I'm just not that person. And so I felt like, you know, if my hands are tied, then I don't want to do it. I want to be able to truly make a change. So I get back to the foundation of this and I'm thinking, okay, am I truly living my full potential, number one? And what is my reality? What is my reality? And so when I get to the point where I feel real down, you just really have to rely on the inner voice to really, really help you out some days, especially if you're dealing with depression, Um, because it's almost as if I have to have that reminder. Like I had to have that reminder, you know, like, girl, you are a single mom. But before you became a single mom of two kids at 32, you were working. You had worked 10 years in your career. You were a homeowner at 23. You know, you have. You know, paid off a car, got another car you're about to pay off, about to get a third. Um, you are still financially able to afford to take care of your kids. Whether you have to pull from here and do something there, you're still able to do it. I have to remind myself, you have a roof over your head. You have clothes on your back. You have shoes on your feet. And let's talk about the roof over your head, the clothes on your back and the shoes on your feet. Like, girl, you are blessed. I have to think about the fact that my kids are alive, they're healthy, Um, as aggravating as they can be sometimes, I have to think about the times that I was very, very depressed by myself, no kids, no spouse, and I lived in a house and lived in total silence, and I was just constantly attacked, and it was just so depressing, I would just cry and cry for days, and I wouldn't go out of the house, I wouldn't do anything. And I think about the fact that regardless of whether or not their dad is a good co-parent, he's not. He's not a good co parenter He's not a co parenter basically. Um, And a lot of stuff falls on me when he doesn't want to do. You know, regardless, God still makes a way. My parents will fill in the gaps when they, you know, when need be. But I just thank God that financially I can take care of stuff and physically I'm able to take care of stuff. And mentally, i'm clear enough to go ahead and do it, you know, and not be so stressed and anxious about every little thing. Then there is the thought, okay, well, um what about love? What about the prospects a uh, prospect of marriage like is that a potential? and I think about the fact that I have the potential to be a good wife, I have the potential to be first a good girlfriend, a good fiance, and a good wife. I feel like. That's true. Like, I had the potential to do it. Um, I've been working more on myself separately and continuing to work on myself and trying to be the best version of myself. Now, do I fall short every now and again? Yes. I think, like, I lost probably about 40, 45 pounds. And I gained 20 of that back and currently trying to lose it. And I'm not really full, 100% fully trying to lose it because I eat. And I don't work out like I need to. And I was, like, real gung-ho with that stuff. And I just kind of fell off. I just kind of fell into the slump. Like, you know, like I said, I kind of thought about my life and said, is this even worth it? Like, what the hell am I doing this for? And then I had to recenter myself. And like I said, you have to rely on that inner voice. And the inner voice was like, "Um, ma'am, we are doing this for your health. You want to be here longer to take care of your children, to see your children grow. You want to be able to live your 50s and 60s traveling and living your best life prayerfully with a good spouse, a good companion. The two of you going to visit your kids and grandkids and, you know, going and listening to jazz and dancing and enjoying your day and night, you know, brunching it up, whatever the case may be. You want to be around to live your best life. And so you're going to have to, you know, take care of yourself. And so I was like, okay, I got to do better. I got to do a lot better. And so that's something that I am trying to push myself to do and just kind of be a lot, you know, better about what I'm doing because I was, I felt a lot better. I looked a lot better. I fit into my scrubs like I was able to fit into some scrub pants in a size extra large and i hadn't been able to wear extra large nothing in a minute and um yeah i was able to fit into stuff and i looked good i felt good and um boom here i am struggling to get them damn extra larges again so here we are with the reality of okay it's not 100 percent where you want it right now you got to work you got to put in some effort now and sometimes i do i can honestly say when you deal with depression, sometimes you can like ride a wave where it just seems like you're just floating and everything seems to be going so well. And then you hit a roadblock. And it could be just a lot of different things like happening around you that I'm um, next to you, it takes an effect on you. I think the deaths of different people, I think some of the stuff going on in the world, just different things it's taking a toll on me Change in scheduling changes in different things a lot of times take a huge toll and it's not just that one thing like it used to be really bad where that one thing used to throw me off so bad where any like one little thing could just like have me in a tizzy whereas now it's like a combination of the stuff and um It's crazy, But like I said, I'm trying to work through it. I'm trying to be better at it because I want to be good at this for my kids. And I want to be around to take care of them. And I want to enjoy my life. I do. And sometimes I can tell you that for me, being honest, when I think about the potential life that I have versus the reality, it can be a bit depressing because I'm not living everything that I wanted I'm not having everything that I wanted and I'm thinking is this what God wants because if it's what he wants it's the total opposite of what I want and I'm not sure that this is a life I want to live and you have to be careful about that because that's what leads a lot of people down the road to depression well actually you're already depressed it leads you down the road of suicide and um when you finally get to that point where you feel like there is nothing else here for me to do, and I can't you know seriously do this anymore and pretend that this is my reality because I don't even like the reality um that's when you need help, and I would suggest getting a licensed therapist or counselor, I would suggest getting a psychiatrist or you know someone to talk to and be careful who you talk to be careful um there are a lot of people who um are therapists who who have different counseling you know um agencies or whatever and just be careful research find out you know read reviews on these people research them find out if it, if they're a good fit if you go to a session with that person and you feel like, uh-uh, I don't think this is good, um, if this is a good fit, or you just don't feel comfortable, try someone else. But be open-minded because you're going to discuss some things that are going to make you feel uncomfortable. Because I was listening to T.D. Jakes the other day, and it was kind of funny and it's true. He said, you pay all this money to go to a therapist, and honestly, this is the truth. They're there to disc. They're there to uncover the truths of who you are. They're there to show you who you are and how you can better deal with you. You know what I'm saying? How you can better, you know, navigate through your life. It's not so much how you're going to deal with others, but how you're going to deal with you. Like, how do you deal with, you know your depression, your anxiety, when you go through a crisis, when you, you know, it's how you deal with you. And so, I like I said, you know, it can be difficult because sometimes when you find out things about yourself and it's things that you felt like, oh man, I could have changed that. I could have did better or, oh, I, I could have prevented this and that happening to my family or, or friends or whatever the case, um, whatever it is. You ultimately start blaming yourself and it's a back and forth. And if you're already in a dark space, that could put you in a further dark space. So just be careful um to stay in contact with your therapist during that time. If you got a real close friend that's a real friend, not somebody that just feeds whatever your vice is, um, meaning alcohol, drugs, sex, um, pornography, um, what else? I'm trying to think of all kind of addictions. <laughs> Food, um, not that friend. I'm talking about somebody who's willing to come and just hold your hand. You know, practice deep breathing with you. Somebody that's there to pray for you. You know, somebody's there to just be there and talk you through those rough times. It's needed. It's definitely needed. And so, one thing that I would have to say um, when thinking about that, you know, I was really feeling bad because I didn't really... Appreciate my reality. I I didn't. I I looked at it and thought, this isn't what I wanted. You know, um, and I said this like a thousand times. I never wanted to be a single mom because I always felt like kids benefit from two parents. But I didn't do anything much to prevent it when I met my kid's father. Like I was somebody who always suggested we use protection and we did. But it was the one time that I slacked on using protection and I got pregnant. And I blame myself for years because I felt like if I had only, you know, stepped up to the plate and said no, that one time, I would have never been a single mom. And, you know, I think about it and I think, okay, it would have been much better. But I also would have missed out on having two wonderful people in my life who have brought so much joy to my life. And, um, it's like I said when I went to the fair with my kids. Sure, you spend a good bit, you know, for the wristbands, for the ride, rides, and food, and just getting in the fair. Um, but it was an experience that we can't take back. I mean, we we spent I'm serious like six hours at the fair yesterday. We got there around eleven forty five, twelve o'clock that afternoon, and we were there until six thirty, between six thirty six forty five. On the walk back to the car, I felt as if my feet were going to roll off my body. I was so tired. I was so tired. And the kids were cranky. Of course, with two girls, they're bickering about any little thing, you know, that they can bicker about. Um, And we get in the car and I'm like, hush, silence. I don't hear nobody. You know, I was just like, my feet hurt. I'm tired. I don't want to hear nobody. No complaints. No fussing. No nothing. I just want to lay down when I get home. I just want to put my feet in some Epsom salt. You know, some very hot water. And soak my pain away. You know, I just want to put on some pain cream on, you know, my ankles. (laughs) And, you know, take a good hot bath. You know, Soak and take a hot bath and just chill out. I just want a glass of wine. I just want to relax. And there's that. And let me tell you, I don't like bringing the outside in. But I got home and said, okay, let me go ahead and get everything ready to take my shower. I lit my candles and everything. Got the kids ready. They took their baths. They'd already bathed, put on their pajamas. I thought, oh, they're surely going to get in the bed. Child, them jokers was up talking and playing. I get in my room and I laid across my bed to do something. I swear I was looking at my phone and I did not get up until like five, six o'clock this morning. I was so sleepy. I was so done. But. There was a time when I was single, with no kids, and I didn't go anywhere. I didn't experience a lot of those things. I didn't, um, you know, for years the fair would go on, I never would go. Because I felt like, oh, it's for couples or or people with kids. And I was, you know, single. I didn't have a lot of friends here. And I thought, well, you know, and I never did go. I've always been somewhat of a loner. Even when I know people, it's like, and I always thought to myself, if they probably tested me as a kid, I'd probably be on the spectrum because a lot of times I work beside people just alongside them, but I don't develop relationships with people like long lasting relationships. Like I'll know you and speak to you every time and we'll talk when we're at work. But no outside relationship. Like, you know how some people, they work together, they become friends. And it's like they become family. I have never experienced that. Never. Um, It's just crazy. It's crazy. But I thought to myself, wow, I've never experienced that. And I would love to. But it's just something about me and my little personality where... It's almost as if I only let people get so close. And so I thought about it and I said, okay, I don't know what it is. So I had to, again, think in reality versus potential. Do I have the potential to be a good friend? And I said, yeah, because a lot of times with my good friends, I am loyal. I know that I'm pretty much like available to them when they need me. Um, and, you know, I am willing to pour into them and be there for them when they're going through. So I said, okay, I had the potential. And I said, so what are some bad things? Like, you know, the reality and the reality was that sometimes I can close myself off. Sometimes I can be going through something and not say anything, just feel like I'm by myself and I'm essentially not like I always have somebody else say oh you know you can come by we can talk sometime like I meet people all the time which is the strangest thing like I said it's like I can you know how they'll say about kids with autism they play alongside people they have the type of um well for me, I have the type of personality for the most part where it's like a magnet. Like I'll always meet someone and I'll always be in a situation where I am able to entertain somebody, just talking to them or whatnot. But at the same time, I don't develop, I don't know what it is. It's like, I don't develop any strong roots with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll get to talking and know each other. And then it's like, it's not, it's no depth to it. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, like those friendships at work or whatnot, that just kind of like, even in college, the friendships just, just kind of grow to where you like friends for life. I, I haven't developed them. And so I thought to myself, what is it? Like, I don't know what it is, but I just know that it's like a part of me where I'll start. Feeling as though I'm just by myself or I'd rather go through this by myself or whatnot, and it's something that is weird because I don't develop the deep relationships the way I desire, and it's a it's a reality, but it's not what I really potentially want in my life like i I seriously what I desire. When I say potential, what I desire um, is that I have those deep relationships with not just friends, but with family, you know, parents, of my kids and in a relationship. And what I've learned is that my relationships all together um, had the potential to be good, but they're not. In reality, they're all broken. They're all broken and they all need a certain level of work. Um, I, again, tend to pull away and feel as though I'm doing it alone. I'm in this alone. And so that's something that I'm trying to, you know, do a little bit better with. Because I feel like that's where I missed the mark with relationships. And that there were people who were good people. But... I just, I don't know. I just decided to go alone. I decided to go at it alone. And for some reason, I would just pull away. And I've had at least two of my exes tell me that, like, it was strange that I just all of a sudden pulled away. And it was as if I just wasn't interested. And the thing about it was, I still was. I was very much so interested in person I really, really liked the person, but I was so unattached. Like, And I know that I'm an Aquarius, and that's like one of the things about our Zodiac that I hate. Every time I read a description of an Aquarius, because even though that's not who I desire to be, that's honestly, in reality, who I am. Very unattached. Where I don't get the grounding that I want in the relationship, and it takes the other person being willing to pull me and say nope this is what we're gonna do um and you know what i'm saying and say nope you know um you know we're gonna go we're gonna do this and challenge me you know in a way um so that's something that for me has been you know something that (laughs) it's ongoing the challenge of being a parent is being with people 24/7 per se that it's 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 not a a a turn off like you can't turn the button off and you know um you can't turn the button off and just say no um you basically are their parent 24/7 and You know, like I'll try to have some me time and I'll try to get some time alone. But it's it's it's, how can I explain it? You never go back to that. Just. I'm in this by myself because you have to always consider your kids, especially small kids. You always have to consider your kids. So every decision that you make, you have to make it with them in mind. That was a challenge for me. Literally, that was a challenge because I have the potential to do good in that aspect. But I'm going to be honest with you, I can be very rotten and I can a lot of times only consider myself because that's my comfort zone. My comfort zone is to only consider myself, to only be accountable for what I do and just kind of, you know, not take anybody else with me on a journey and it's strange i'm i'm trying to get to the bottom of it as to why i do that why i push people away a lot of times and try to deal on my own but you know like i said i'm coming to a place where i'm 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 trying to understand it and that's why i said a lot of times dealing with depression and things like imposter syndrome and anxiety, um, it can be hard. It can be very hard because a lot of times you're not sure of who you are in the place where you are presently. And for me, especially for people who've experienced any losses, like, you know, if you lost a family member, if you lost a, you know, a job or your home or car, big losses, um, whether they're, um, you know, material things like your home or car and stuff or losing a family member or just about, you know, losing your life. You know, a lot of people had to face death with COVID and that was really hard for them to even get through, you know, just thinking that something like that almost took them out. It's a lot. It's a lot on a lot of people. And I think that A lot of us are just really honestly sinking because we're trying to figure out how to navigate through all of this and still be able to live our best life. And one of the things that I decided to do is to limit my social media time. I was somebody that will post a lot like we've been to the fair. We've done a lot of little things. I went to my brother's wedding. I haven't posted any of the po- the photos or anything. And the reason I did, I just want to live in a moment. I take pictures, but I want to live in a moment. And the second thing was, I didn't want to keep having to post stuff on social media. It's just kind of, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I just decided to pull away. I think it was one of the best things because sometimes it can it can play on your on your mind about where you are and what you're doing so if you already are feeling as if you're not where you need to be scrolling through looking at all these successful people who say they're successful who say they're happy who are just 100% confident um it can take a toll on you especially when you're just feeling like man I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not here. I'm not there. I don't have this. I don't have that. It can take a big toll on you. And so a lot of times I'll try to take a break and I've been taking a good break where I don't have any of the apps on my phone for social media for like Instagram or Facebook. But the one thing that I do look at a good bit is not Instagram, but YouTube. And I utilize YouTube for T.D. Jakes Ministries, for anything inspirational. And I still listen to podcasts, other podcasts that I feel like, you know, feed the soul. So those are some things that I do on a regular. And I feel like that helps. I feel like when I feed my soul good things, kind of like when you feed your body good things, you drink your water, eat your fruits and veggies, you feel better. And so I overall feel so much better mentally when I feed my soul good things and sometimes social media can be a trip it can be a trip it's it's very negative some days and just depending on where your mind is and what you truly want out of your life what your your truth is like your true potential like where you really see yourself you know as opposed to what things are um it can be very very hard like I'm single. I see myself as a good wife and mother to my kids. And when you look at social media and you look at the brokenness of relationships, it's like, jeez, that in itself could just throw you just completely off when it comes to thoughts about marriage and everything, love, companionship. You just think, wow, this is what they're doing out here now, you know? And so that's where it's just kind of like, OK, I need to take a step back because it's a little bit too much of what everybody else in the world is doing. And I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I need to to, you know, just focus on myself and just not even worry about what everybody else is doing. And sometimes scrolling can can lead to that. Also, potential versus reality when it comes to dating. I decided not to do dating apps anymore. Um, I've said that 50 million times and still went back on them. And I feel like, honestly, this last time is not for me. Um, Do I feel like the man of my dreams would just show up one day? No. Not at my house. (laughs) Not at my house. Um, I, I have been pushed to be a little bit more social. So, like I was saying... I, a lot of times will go places and meet people and start talking. Like I went to my brother's wedding. I know nobody there. And by the time I left, I'd met all his, his new wife's aunts, her dad, all of her family. I met every last one of them, talked to them, found out, you know, they went to the North Carolina A&T and Central. I knew like where all her, I know where all her family went to school, you know, and Had good conversations with her dad about HBCUs and everything. Now, for somebody else who might know me and think, gosh, Shakia is so stuck up, so introverted, so this, this, and that. That seems like it's odd that I would just stand there and be talking. But that's honestly who I am. Like, I'm more of an introvert, extrovert. If I don't talk to you, I don't feel comfortable. But if I feel comfortable having a conversation with you, I will talk. And a lot of times I talk a lot. I I do. I do. I'll sit there and be talking, talking, talking. And um, so I met this lady at the fair. Her daughter has autism. And we just, I I saw the little girl and I said, you know what? My girls uh, let her get in the little car, like the little, um, it's like a little roller coaster thing with kids, the little cars. And I said, Pam and Pate will let her get in there because my girls are real sweet and gentle. And they'll probably look out for her. And so I told her, I said, if you wanted to, you could put your <clears throat> daughter in a car with my girls. And just, <clears throat> sorry, in conversation is when I found out she had autism. Her mom was telling me that, you know, she's, <clears throat> sorry, older kids. And she had her late. And it's nobody there but her and the little girl. And she said, the rest of my family's in New Jersey. Um, I love where I live here. She said, I love that my baby has a yard and all this, this and that. So we talked for a while and it was just so sweet. Like the little girl got off the ride. My girls are getting off and I introduced like there's a little girl that's on YouTube. Her mom, oh, it's Vaughn. And so Vaughn talks, you know, has her vlog and stuff on YouTube and her daughter Ann is on there. And I love Annie. And so I remember showing my girls Annie and explaining to them autism. And that, and really, like, she can communicate, but not clearly. It's like, it's kind of like I kind of explained it to them. Like, she's not slow, but it's like she doesn't know how to interact with others. So it's like she could be very, very smart, but she just doesn't know how to verbalize the stuff and interact. And so a lot of times, you know, um, it may appear that she's just... You know, don't care. I said, but it's just she doesn't know how to interact with other people, and so the little girl reminded me of Anne, and so her mom brought her over to introduce her, and so Pam and Peyton saw her and they said hello, and she was sitting there and she talked, and Pam and Peyton said hello again. And I said, remember Annie? Remember Annie doesn't communicate? And I said, okay. And so she looked at them again, and she said, hello. And Oh, it just opened my eye. It just opened my heart. Sorry, my heart. Because I know that a lot of times she can't communicate like that. She looked, she said, hello. And they hugged her. And it was so sweet because she didn't cry. She didn't flinch. You know, she didn't initially hug back. But it's the fact that she was calm and it didn't scare her that somebody was hugging her and so anyway get back on track that's what i was saying about my potential versus reality i have the potential to be a really sweet person a really good person i meet people i love interacting with people but then i pull away and i'm still on a journey to understanding more why i pull away and um Some of it, as far as reality versus potential, has shown me that there are things that were said to me and done to me as a kid that didn't help. And sometimes when people kind of tell you who they think you are, instead of allowing you to kind of form into the person that you are and not ostracizing you and talking down to you. And unfortunately, a lot of times older adults will do stuff like that. Um, it, it can make a lasting impression on kids all the way through adulthood. And so it took a while for me to realize I was a good person, that I was good, that I had the potential to be a good, you know, a good friend, a good wife, a good daughter, a good mother, you know, um, a good nurse. I, I carry every every um failure or anything I don't get right is a failure. Any little thing. And so I'm getting better at the fact that I'm like, okay, I know this happened. I got this wrong. I didn't do this right. How can I get it right? And I'm also putting my foot down more, slowly but surely, to demand what it is I want from people. From my career, you know, from my children, from everybody. Um, I haven't met anybody to share my life with as far as a companion. But I know that that's something I'm going to continue to practice. Like, you know, um, I feel like with the potential that I now know I have there, as far as being a good mate, a good wife, um, I don't expect for that person to take that for granted, you know. And that was something that I had to learn, too, when it came to potential versus reality, that when i said that i don't deal with people who just have the potential i deal with their reality the reason i say that honestly is because i know what my reality is but i also know what my potential is and i know that i am working to be better when you meet someone and you base everything on what they have the potential to be and you're not paying attention to their reality and say for instance you're slightly are but not 100 percent If that person's not working towards being better and like working towards that potential, you're wasting your time. That's just my personal opinion. You are wasting your time because we all have flaws and we all have things that we're working towards being better at and bettering ourselves. But if you are meeting someone who is constantly giving excuses for not being their best self. That's a red flag. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of truly just buckling down and doing it, they're just always giving an excuse. And so I know for a fact that when it came to overeating, not exercising, and not really take care of my health, I gave a lot of excuses. And so now I can't excuse myself because I know what I need to do. Second, um, when it came to um, socialization. Like, I know I have a bubbly personality. When I feel comfortable talking, I will talk. Um, and that's why I would say it's kind of strange because when I was in college, I didn't have those lifelong, just one click. I knew people in different clicks. I will talk to everybody. I'm the same way when I work. Like, I will talk to people who work in environmental services, laundry, wherever. I talk to everybody. I speak to everybody. Um, but to have, like, lasting relationships where it's like a deep relationship every now and again i'll meet somebody that you know gets my personality or catch it and they will be like oh she's cool and we're cool but then again there are sometimes i'll meet somebody that just don't catch it and they just don't you know they just feel like mm, and that's that and, and that's that's fine you know not everybody gonna like you but um I know that I have the potential to be a good friend. I know I have the a potential to be a good wife and mother, a good daughter. Um, there's so much more I want to share on this. But it's just working towards your true potential is something that you have to do. But you also have to remember your reality, like acknowledge your reality. Um, and I had to acknowledge my reality and where I was today. I had to acknowledge that I'm not as bad off as I often make myself seen, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, like I said, I didn't want to be a single mom. It was the worst thing to me because I didn't want my kids in a single parent home and I wanted them to have the benefit, the full benefit of two parents. And I wasn't specific in my asking, in my asking, and I wasn't cautious in my choosing. And so I based a lot of stuff on potential and not who the person honestly was. And it left me in a place where I was just really, really broken and depressed for a long time after I had my kids because I realized it wasn't what I wanted. And I knew it wasn't what I wanted, but I realized I'd made a huge mistake and I couldn't take it back. Like, it's not like I can take my kids back like a pair of shoes. It's not like I can, you know, wrap them up and send them back per se, you know, and just say, OK, I, I can't I can't deal with this right now. You know, um, you know, you can send a pair of shoes back or a, a skirt or a dress back that you bought and say, oh, it just didn't fit. You know, it's not the right size or it's just, you know, I don't need this right now. Let me send this back. But I have two human beings that I'm responsible for. I can't send them back. And so the reality for me was, oops, yeah, you did make a mistake, but what do you have the potential to be? You have the potential to be a great mom. And so instead of beating yourself up for that, oops, how about work on being that great mom and make that your reality? You have the potential to do it, do it. And so... It's, it's been a journey. I could honestly say I have my good days and bad days. Um, but I am so just grateful to God that my good days, for the most part, outweigh my bad. And that I'm able to kind of like recenter myself when I need to. And get some time to myself. That's important. That's very important. So I want to end this podcast by saying, when it comes to potential, don't beat yourself up if your reality isn't matching it right now. As long as you're working towards those goals, as long as you acknowledge what it is you have the ability to do and you're willing to work towards it. And not just so saying, I'm going to do it, but be willing to water that plant. You know, when we look at those memes about, you know, faith without works is dead. And you see the person watering their plant and getting up there, you know, watering it, you know, um, pruning the plant. Life is a lot like that. When you have a goal, you have to be willing to constantly water that goal prune it, you know, work with it, sing to it, baby it, whatever it has to be, whatever has to be done to get that goal to a, you know what I'm saying, full grown status, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to sacrifice your time, your energy, you know what I'm saying? Maybe even some of your money to get that done. And so that's where I am right now, just in a place where I'm like, okay, I know what it is I have to do. I know what it is God asks of me. I need to do it. And I need to do it proudly without beating myself up. You understand what I'm saying? Without beating myself up about what is not. Look at what is. The reality is I'm a single mom with two girls. You know, I'm a single mom of twins. That's the reality. What do I have the potential to be? I have the potential to be a great mom to my daughters. I have the potential... To pour into my kids and make them great human beings. So that they're successful later in life. I had the potential to give my children a life that, you know, maybe I didn't even have. You know, I have a potential to change the trajectory of their life. And hopefully pour into them and their self-esteem and confidence level. And help them You know, see what they need to see, not just for relationships, but with finances, you know, religion, you know, like help them, you know, help them cultivate the right relationship with their maker and and strengthen their foundation. And so that's something that I'm still working. It's a work in progress. It's something that we all have to do. But that's the difference in banking on your reality versus potential or banking on your potential versus your reality. and To be quite honest with you, you need a little of both. It's like, in order for you to reach your true potential, you have to be aware of where you are currently, like your reality. And you also have to be, you know, conscious of what it is, what it's going to take to truly reach your potential. And so, Um, And I'm going to leave with this. So when I thought about relationships and how I can better my relationships with people, this is one of the things that I did. I thought about my relationship with my parents and how sometimes it can be stressed and strained. So I made a decision to, regardless if my dad did not call and check on us all the time, I would call and check on him. I would go see him, take the kids to see him, do stuff with them. And guess what? Today, out of nowhere, something he never does, he just showed up and decided to spend an hour or so at our house, sitting back, talking and watching a game. And that's what I wanted. I want my dad to just drop in, come and see us, spend time with us. And that's what I wanted. And he did it. And I feel like once you put that out into the universe and once you're willing to try, God, God will definitely open doors and do what you need. So... I said all of what I said about potential and reality, and I'll probably add more to it later, but I wanted to just talk about it because I feel like, you know, a lot of times that's what leads to suicide. Like I said, I was in a very dark place. A lot of times you're sitting here thinking, why did I do that? Why did I make that decision? Why did I? There was a mom. I want to say she's in either California or Texas. I can't remember where that committed suicide I want to say earlier this week I can't remember I saw it and um, I scrolled through and I went back and looked at it again I thought look at her post this one was clearly depressed and when she felt that there was nothing else that she could give this world and she could not take care of her kids and give them what she needed you know because she felt like I'm the only person holding this their dad doesn't help me she took her life and for a lot of people, they're going to say she's selfish. She should have thought about her kids. Why would you do that? But you're not the person who's in her shoes. And a lot of times that very person could have been reaching out to you, asking you for help, begging you to like help them. You know what I'm saying? Um, Come up with a, a plan or strategy. Not strategy. <laughs> strategy to get through this current, you know what I'm saying? Season in their lives. And a lot of times people ignore you. I, I can tell you. From personal experience, I've had people ignore me. I've had people belittle me and just pretty much want to basically put a knife in my coffin. Um, I remember calling a family member to help strategize, you know, maybe some things I was missing about my career. And I thought maybe this person could help, um, help give me some insight. I may not be thinking clearly. And when I got off that phone, It was like a gray cloud over my head. I was like, what in the world just happened? Like, seriously, it was crazy. But I say all of that to say that, you know, just be mindful. It's a very difficult time for a lot of people everywhere. We're getting close to the holiday season. Like I said, this year has been something. We got through 2020, getting through 2021, and uh, it's been something for a lot of people. Be mindful. When people reach out to you, regardless of whether you feel like it today or not, try to be kind. Just try. I mean, you have the potential to be kind. You have the potential to be nice. You have the potential to make a difference in that person's life. And you have the potential to save their life so that we can all shine bright.